Josh Bertaccini joining us, the voice of that part of the country. I've been waiting a long time for this. The moment you've been waiting for. JB, maybe you can do commentary live. And the show that everyone's been talking about. Not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last. It's time for the real NWA JB. At least I work the place that you can find when you're looking for it. Follow, watch, and listen across social media at the real NWA JB. Okay, all right. Because it's all about the little things. Streaming live on YouTube, Podbean, and worldwide at therealnwajb.com. You were man on fire last night on the post game. Your boy is back. And This is primetime television here, folks. Here's your host, Josh Bertaccini. It is a Monday, a reaction Monday, as we get it done here on The Real NWA JB. So nice to have you inside of the Bunker studio as we get it done on Team B Media. And I'll tell you what, great place to be and to hang out. And certainly my favorite place to do some sports talk radio with y'all as we get after it here. Just a few minutes past seven o'clock on a January the 8th, 2024. And so the calendar year is a week in the rear view mirror now. Yeah, baby. I wouldn't say we're there yet, but we're getting there slowly, but surely. And fun to get our first people's postgame show of 2024 up and at them as well. Enjoy that. We'll continue the conversation coming up this Saturday at five o'clock for postgame. Numero dos. But as we started here today, man, we have a heck of a lot of sports items out there for you to marinate on here on a Monday. Of course, National Championship Day. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. What do you got? Do you like either of these teams? Do you know one very well? Michigan and Washington. I think Michigan gets overexposed in the conversations on the regular. They're kind of that team we all love to hate right now. We're just rooting against them. I am tonight. Washington is, that's the underdog there. Five-point underdog. Jalen DeBoer, their head coach. An FCS product out of South Dakota who's built them up in the Northwest into something decent. Of course, they're headed along with pretty much everyone else. Washington State, Oregon State notwithstanding. To the Big Ten next year in the next transcontinental conference that's being proposed. But what a year out of Washington who hadn't been playing for a national championship since all the way back in 1991. That is 33 years. It's a long time since you've played for a national championship. We'll see if they can come out the gates, do something a little different in the mix here tonight against a Michigan team that hasn't played for a title outright in the final game. Certainly have been in the playoff a few times since what, 1997, their last championship. One of the twos winning it tonight. 6.30, allegedly, on the get-go for the game. I think the earlier you start it, the more you actually give people a chance to watch it and be a part of it and consume some commercials, which the advertisers obviously need as much as anything. I tell the youngins that all the time. The games are great. Make sure the commercials get played. That's where the cash cow is. That's where the money, the blood of the whole thing comes from. The lifeblood of the operations in this country. Give me that money, honey. Tonight, Washington. I think they have the slightly better quarterback, 
Though I do believe both these guys are going to be first round draft picks. Seems like he keeps going up and up as far as the draft stock on Penix, but he keeps playing better and better. Kind of like Deshaun Watson at Clemson, who wasn't originally talked about as being a high-end NFL quarterback prospect. Eventually he was, and obviously ended up having himself some really good years for the Texans before things got very wonky in the uh, massage rooms, allegedly. But we'll leave that alone. You get it back to this one. Penix is a special player. Like he's the kind of guy tonight who can will his team to an upset victory, but you're going to have to be able to come out and deal with the pressure early and not turn the football over against a Michigan front that is really good at forcing mistakes. You saw Jalen Mil- Milrow under constant pressure for Alabama last week, and, and I think Michigan's pass rush is the best in the country. I'm going to pick Washington in an upset tonight. Let's root for it. Low scoring. 27-24. Bill Goal's kind of the name of the game later. I'll go with Penix and Washington in a slight upset. That's tonight, 6.30. NRG Stadium in H-Town. So Houston, the site for the national championship. It's like an old school Rose Bowl matchup, right? The Big Ten and the Pac-12 back in the day, getting together. Except this one ain't at the Rose Bowl. Um, should be a good one. We'll see if they start it close to 6.30. That would be fantastic. And the earlier you start it, the more people are going to get a chance to sink their eyeballs and their teeth into this football game. The final college football game of the year. Which is always one of those bittersweet components of the end of these seasons, right? Is It's the end. So get yourself a great game tonight. And then we go off a cliff with college football. Uh, Basketball will continue to be, obviously, the focus around here. We'll talk some more about Arkansas and its woes. Here's some sound from Eric Musselman out the gates. People's postgame show was emotional, certainly on Saturday night as we got into it and talked about it. And Yeah, not what you expected. Arkansas body slammed 83-51 to by the Auburn Tigers. The single worst loss on Saturday in the history of Bud Walton Arena. How about that for a stat? The single worst loss that Arkansas Razorback basketball has ever suffered in Bud Walton Arena. You can't make that stuff up. 83-51. Obviously, I was in the house for this one. Partially because of the job, partially because I got like three years perfect attendance running. I'm trying not to throw that away right now. Extra credit points, lift that grade up at the end. I'm trying to get a 4.0. See if I can't get into grad school and maybe go be a doctor or something. Um, You're right. But uh, no, I was in the house. It was a good turnout. I don't know if it was a sellout like they announced it. I'd say 17, 18,000. Smattering of empty seats, stripe out mostly well executed. This one definitely went on the fans. You know, sometimes after losses in key games like that, you'll get the, I don't know, the whining, complaining, the finger pointing more so to be a little more on point there. It was this person's fault. It was that person's fault. The fans weren't into it. They told me to sit down a lot. Haven't you heard that one before? I used to hear that a lot. The fans told me to sit down. Don't tell me to sit down. These are my seats, gosh dang it. I paid good money for them. Then you start to get folks, you know, in that back and forth tit for tat. 
that's not that didn't happen anywhere I was at this game. You know, and, and then my pops in law, my guy Dennis from North Dakota, had himself a good old time too, showing up and getting a feel for Bud Walton Arena. I think he's been three or four times now. But you know what? Neither one of us got was a Razorback basketball team that showed up to play well in front of us. I mean, Auburn's decent. They've got some players. Bruce Pearl has a roster that's deep and that he's cultivated some continuity on. Maybe a point for us there to think about. It can't be all about transfers all the time. Or you end up in a spot where you're constantly searching for team chemistry, something Arkansas does not have right now. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do? You, you just you try to get them fired up. Hogs came out against Auburn. Keon Menefield bounced and knocks down a couple threes early. Five minutes in the game, it looks like you're going to get a great performance. But don't buy what's happening in the first five minutes of the game as a telltale sign that that's the way the whole game's going to go. Never do that. It, it doesn't usually work out like that. And moments later, that's not what happened. I mean, this game turned quick. Auburn starts pushing the pace, a little back and forth. At the four-minute mark of the first half, so you're 16 minutes into this game, it looked like we're going to have a good basketball game. Crowd's starting to feel its way through. Place is kind of rocking. Arkansas was up, what, 27 to 26 with four minutes left in the first half. Menefield's hit a couple of threes. TB2 had a couple nasty blocks and, you know, a monster slam. Man, he spikes it like he's spiking a volleyball. You see why this guy... Is a no doubt first round draft pick. And then something weird happened. The flow, the energy, it went off a cliff. You, you had a bad Devo performance when he shows up and plays poorly. It's obviously not good for this team. They struggle to overcome that because he's their X Factor guy. Kramal Mark did not seem to be a focal point on the offensive end, which was disconcerting to me because he's basically an instant bucket from about 15 feet and in. And, and KB, Caliph Battle's gone off a cliff here of late. You can blame it on the ankle all you want, this, that, whatever. He's just not playing good basketball right now. Certainly not team basketball. So Eric Musselman has done the, the seemingly unlikely. He's turned to Jalen Graham, right? As one of his answers, as one of his solutions. And Chandler Lawson, who was sitting out there jacking threes. I didn't think I'd see Chandler Lawson th- shoot three straight threes. Musk couldn't have been happy about that. Even though he knocked one down. I don't think you want Chandler Lawson shooting threes. What's going on with this team? They look dysfunctional. They look unkempt. Not that maybe they haven't showered, but that they haven't spent time having meals together and talking about basketball and plans for the future. They almost seem like strangers out there on the court. And that is, that's a pretty incriminating thing for a sports talker like me to say that a basketball team after how many games have they played together now? What are they? Nine and five after four. And it doesn't count the Purdue game after 14, 15 games together after countless practices after what? Six, seven weeks or whatever it is. And you guys are out there like a bunch of strangers. And, and, and y'all we can keep talking about the players not adding up, even though I see lots of talent here. We keep talking about, you know, the fact that they don't play great D or they don't have offensive flow. I get it. You know, our question of the day on the People's Post Game Show Saturday night. What was it? Five, six hundred votes, Twitter and Facebook. Y'all did great with that as you made your way home from the game. But um, 
yeah, offensive flow is a problem, defensive issues. Your bigs are not really that that bulky and deep. But the one on the board that people still don't really vote for in Bristol at too much, probably because he's built himself such incredible good grace with the fan base after his phenomenal runs through the NCAA tournament the last few years. No Final Fours, I get it, but back-to-back Elite Eights and a Sweet 16 for a program that hadn't sniffed the Sweet 16 in a quarter century. There's a lot of house money Eric Musselman's playing with. Like This guy could have a couple bad years, and you'd still want to see what he could do two, three years from now. But you don't want to lose your mojo. You don't want to lose your momentum and get stuck in a rut. You want to keep rolling while it's hot, because that's when you have a chance to get the more talented players and to make a bigger splash nationally. And I think if this thing exits off a cliff like it might, and they have a really bad year in basketball, which I don't think anybody knows yet. They usually start poorly in conference play. It's just the truth under Musselman. But if it goes off a cliff here, I mean, there's consequences moving forward, and it might set you back a couple more years. So, look. It is early-ish, but not super early. So conference play has started. You got 17 more of these bad boys to go. You play a million conference games now, it feels like. 18 to be exact. But you got a lot of games left. So what if you're one in the league? Huge week coming up. At Georgia, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, who's much improved. And at Florida on Saturday at 3 o'clock, who was right there with Kentucky, the best team in the league right now, number six in the country. Till the final play this past Saturday night. So two tough road games, got to find a way to get a win in at least one of them and then get back home and hopefully start taking care of business because you got A&M coming up. You got Kentucky, Tennessee. This is a tough first month of the schedule for the Arkansas Razorbacks. No doubt about that. But an epically bad performance. 83-51. Auburn outscores you. 57 to 24 over the last 24 minutes of the game. Mm. Not a lot of resistance, not a lot of pushback out of the halftime break. And right now, not a lot of answers forthcoming out of Eric Musselman, whom we will hear from when we come back from a quick timeout. Josh Bertaccini with you in studio. We are rocking and rolling early. 90 minutes live coming at you with a post-show podcast to follow afterwards and so good of you to find us on this monday 8th of january 2024 hang tight headlines next we'll get some must sound too ty schulter on the nfl bobby swafford on the hogs and beyond before we're done hang tight a to Z Golf Cars has moved, but it still has the same awesome customer service and phenomenal inventory you won't find anywhere else. Northwest Arkansas's go-to golf car spot for over 20 years. Neighborhood cars, cruisers, horse cars, first to the ball or last to the ball, roll up in style with A to Z. Repair work with quick turnarounds, too. Now located at 483 North Highway 62 in Rogers, two miles north of the city airport. Call 479-273-9229. Need to lose 100 pounds this year? Don't restrict your diet. Forget joining a gym. Instead, lose the weight of that cheating spouse of yours. At Mock Legal Solutions, there is no hourly billing. You pay one flat fee for your divorce. Call today, 479-769-1505. And let's be honest, it's closer to 200 pounds, right? Mock Legal Solutions. Real advice, reasonable price. 
Shogun of Fayetteville for a special experience every time. Best Japanese cuisine around, they have it all. The sushi is top-notch, but everyone's talking about their hibachi grill. The chefs are incredible. It's delicious and entertaining at the same time. For recruiting, celebrations, or just a good old date night, Shogun of Fayetteville has never let me down. With the scenic view of Fayetteville from the hill by the mall, full menu online, shogunfayetteville.com. Hey guys, you've been feeling a little bit lower energy of late. The motivation's down. Well, it's time to take control of it here in 2024. Bioidentical hormone replacement is state-of-the-art, and Dr. Mark Olson is the only one around focusing on BHRT and his treatments. If you want to feel better, this is the year, and Olson Clinic is the place to get it done with Dr. Mark Olson, now located at 5501 Willow Creek Drive in Springdale. That's right off exit 69 off I-49, online, olsonclinic.com. Builders Direct Lighting offers quality lighting products and solutions for all of your project needs. They buy directly from the manufacturer with no middleman in sight, passing the savings on to you, the customer. From a small office space to a large warehouse, indoor or outdoor, we do it all. Yes, we can even light your pickleball court. For more info, visit buildersdirectlighting.com or call 479-256-0461. doing it 2024 ain't got nothing on us so if your year is off to a good start as well and tv media you know where to find it i'd be live streaming it in the mornings the fidelity in this thing gets better and better of course youtube on the people's post game show if you want to make the video feed happen of course you can minimize that and go audio only there too and live at our website, therealnwajb.com. One of the coolest things as well is our affiliation with these national brands, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, all putting us on board, getting us through the gate when we started this thing up, what, five, six months ago. And we wouldn't be where we are without them because it gives so many more people access to it. Well over 70,000 of y'all have found this show and our new operation in some way, shape, or form already. And that's what you got to do. You got to be creative, evolve, or go extinct, right? But your sports radio show of choice hasn't gone anywhere. Right here, holding the Fort Town Team B Media Bunka style. A lot to get to. Arkansas body slammed by Auburn, 83-51. to 51. Kind of a disaster performance. What's the deal with Arkansas and Auburn? Football comes in here, body slammed. Basketball, body slammed. Does baseball come here this year? Because that one I wouldn't feel too good about either right now. College football championship game tonight, Michigan or Washington, who you got? That's our question of the day. NFL wrapping up. We're into the playoffs. Bills will get the two seed in the NFC. Problem is you're going to have to go on the road in a conference championship game if you get there, but we'll see what happens. Bills win the NFC East. Eagles have come unglued. Bucks win the South. Saints are out. AFC Bills rally and take the East, knocking the Dolphins down to a road game. Ron Rivera's just been fired by Washington. That franchise is a hot mess. Bill Belichick sent into retirement, we think, by the JETS Shet Shet Shets. Bobby Swafford on that in 40 minutes. And that's what you got on the NFL side of it, as well as the college football. Michigan, a five-point favorite 
over Washington in this game coming up here tonight. Uh, ladies get a win in hoops. You love to see that yesterday as they even up their conference record at one and one. Guys play at Georgia Wednesday night, eight o'clock. Desperately needing to get the bad taste of whatever that was on Saturday afternoon out of their mouths. Eric Musselman afterwards will play five minutes of this for you. Just a little bit perplexed, just a little bit emotional in the postgame presser. Here we go. I give Auburn a ton of credit. They came in here, they kicked our butts. Um, I mean, that's quite obvious. Um, this uh, team has not resembled what we built the last four years from a competitive standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, from a loose ball getting standpoint. Um, so what, what are we going to do? We got to try to figure it out as much as we can. Guys got opportunities and didn't cease the opportunities. Um, 165 passes when our goal is 200. Um, again, we built something that I thought was uh, really special. And, uh, you know, this this group of guys has not um, carried on the tradition. And uh, so we, we've got to try to continue to get as, be- as best we can with the group that we have right now. As I know everybody ended up playing, but rotation-wise, it looked like you tried to drill it down a bit especially the first half. Was there anything positive in a game like this, at least the first 20 minutes, first 16 minutes that you saw from drilling it down a bit? I mean, I thought we played good, Kevin, in the first half. Um, Not good, but we played, you know, decent enough to give ourselves a chance. I did not play the end of the first half very very well at all. Um, Just the uh, the the competitive fiber, Um, you know, it's it's uh, wasn't there for 40 minutes. We talked about that over and over that they, you know, they're, they're a team that will put you on the foul line. Um, you know, they do give up uh, rim shots, although they're great rim protectors. Um, again, I thought we played pretty good, pretty decent. Okay. Whatever word you want to say survived the first 16 minutes. And then, and then after that, it was, you know, I mean, I've coached a long time. I don't remember a home game like this ever um, since I've been coaching, whether it's the minor leagues or whatever, I, I, we had people that paid good money to come to the game. We had people that drove far. We had people that, you know, it's basically a, 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 a filled up building. But you mentioned just there that the close to the first half, I think that's happened a few times this year where really good the first 16 and then maybe the last four. Is there something going on there? Can you put your finger on something there? You know, some it, it's winning, you know, like, um, you know, are, are you used to winning? Is winning a part of, uh, your DNA, do you understand getting on the floor for a loose ball the last two minutes of a half become really important? They got, they, they meaning Auburn, they got a lot of guys with some experience that have won a lot of games. And um, I thought that their guys like Jalen Williams played really well. I thought Johnny Broom, I thought we did a great job on him in the first half. And I thought the second half, he was just totally dominant. It looked like we didn't want any part of guarding him whatsoever. Um, some of the plus minuses on our team, I've never seen some of those like that in, in the minutes that guys played. So as a competitor, disappointed, I, I really don't know what else to say other than the fact, you know, practice, competitive nature and games become two different things. You mentioned several issues there at the, at the beginning. Are those things that you believe and are confident that can be fixed you're moving forward? How would I know? All I know is I got to try to talk about them and address them. <laughs> Eric, their pay points were—they were really dominant in the paint. What, what, what was your take on that? I just—I didn't think we had enough. I mean, pain points come in two ways, Bob. They come off dribble drives and they come off post up. They hurt us in both. 
you know, um, I'll go all the way back to year one here. I mean, that group understood that we had to guard the three and, you know, if we go to LSU and lose 28 to one on the glass or whatever offensive, then we still give ourselves a chance to win because they understood. Um, that group does not understand what identity on either side of the ball. So we have to back to Hutch's question. We got to try to just figure it out and keep talking about it, whether it gets solved or not. I don't know. You had a lot of great wins here. I'm sure you're going to have a lot more, but today was the most lopsided loss Arkansas has had in, in this building. I experience and all the winning you've done. How, how tough is that to ever or we're in my tenure? No, it, it, yeah, that's, that's a pretty bold statement. You know what I mean? It's, and it's factual. Um, well, I don't know what it means to that locker room. I know what it means to me. I know the history of this program. Uh, I have incredible respect for everybody that's coached here, everybody that's played here. Um, that's a wild statement. Man's there, pretty good player, but I think he was averaging eight or nine coming in. Then he went off for 14 in the first half. When, how big an impact did he have? What, 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 I mean, you know? was it addressed that on the, uh, on the right wing, they run a pick and roll for him to go, get to the middle and shoot his pull-up jump shot? Yeah, it was dressed about 100 times. But he still got to a sweet spot, and I thought he played really hard. I thought he played really aggressive. You've spoken a lot about the defense so far. I'm just worried, wondering where in your mind offense kind of gets stuck in the mud and how much of that maybe transpires from the struggles that you guys had defensively. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that defensively, if you can create some offense, that makes it a little bit better on the other side of the ball. We were bad on both sides of the ball. I mean, assuming the 165 passes is, is an all-time low since I've been here, too. And, you know, and I know Arkansas has struggled this year some in transition. D. What is going on there, do you see, as far Kevin, as this guy's not getting back and balance the everywhere defensively. We've struggled on pick and rolls. Your shot selection has to do with your transition defense. So, I mean, when you lose by 30, I mean, I could, we could go all the way around the room and each of you could pick a different area and you would all be right. We stunk in all areas. I mean, I don't know. I mean, transition defense. What about Johnny Broom in the second? I mean, I can go on and on. We stunk. I mean, and we got to get a lot better to even survive in this league. We got to get a lot better. We got to be a lot more competitive. So with that, I will say you guys all saw how poorly we played, and there's a million things we could discuss, but we stunk in all those areas. A very unhappy Eric Musselman addressing his team's woes. We'll see where they go from here after a couple of road contests this week. Josh Bertaccini with you. Bunker Studio, Team B Media. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back four minutes. Ty Schalter from the 538 wrapping up the NFL's last week. We'll get a feel for the playoff matchups in round one coming your way this weekend. That's next. Stay tight. Herman's Rib House on College in Fayetteville. A tradition like no other around. When you're looking for the best steak, chicken, salmon, something for lunch or dinner, Herman's has your back. This year is their 60th anniversary and the food keeps getting better. Perfect time to stop by and check out their revamped menu, the Dustin Omelette, a personal favorite. Herman's in Fayetteville. Follow them on Instagram or Facebook for more info. Stop by and grab some grub today at Herman's, celebrating its 60th year in business in 2024. 
Hi, this is Tim Stanley, a longtime local business owner in Northwest Arkansas, and I'm super excited to be a part of JB's new adventure into the digital broadcasting arena, and I had to be a part of it. I also wanted to inform the listening audience that I bought Business World in Little Rock, so now we have more of a full state coverage, just like JB. It's important to be part of his future, or our future, or your future. Call me at Business World, a TDSID company, at 501-374-7000. Golden Corral of Fayetteville features a legendary endless buffet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner to feast the fam or to feast yourself. Enjoy over 150 menu items. Their all-you-can-eat steak is my favorite. Hand-cut USDA top sirloin. Their bakery game is strong, too. You name it, they got it, and they make it good. Golden Corral, a place with something for everyone at a good price. Conveniently located where college meets Maine in Fayetteville. See things in a better light with the folks at New Light Electric. Residential and commercial services. They do remodels and additions, electrical upgrades and repairs, LEDs, installation of hot tubs, vehicle charging stations, and more. If you're looking for the folks who have the best touch, these guys are the lighting experts. They literally do it all, and they can add some light to your life, too. New Light Electric. Like them on Facebook or call 479-220-2836. Hey folks, this is Matt Chambers with Blue Kangaroo Packouts. We know bad things happen and we're here to help taking care of your contents and possessions when disaster strikes. Covering Northwest Arkansas and North Central Arkansas and the River Valley, accidents and weather happen all the time. When it does, we have your back. Moving, cleaning, warehousing, cataloging, tracking inventory so you don't lose a single personal possession. More information is online at bluekangaroopackouts.com or give us a call at 479-879-9696. Great to have you here. Podbean Live. What an app. Making it happen. The fidelity, the quality, strong. If you found it already, way to go. You can Bluetooth it in your car. Make it happen for yourself. As you move around the house, maybe at work, in the background. Some background listeners. I get it. Other people want it up there, front and center stage. That is the versatility of radio, isn't it? Heck of a thing that you can make it happen. Now you want to make it happen. Good to see my boy Don hanging out. I'm reading some of the commentary in the room. Don Asking why Musk doesn't self-criticize a little bit more when his team is struggling. I think it's a really good question. I think it's tough to self-criticize. Plus, he's a guy who's very competitive and used to winning. And you are listening to him in the immediate aftermath of a loss there, Don. It's not like that sound is from yesterday where he's had a day to process it. Or even today, two days later, I'm sure we'll hear from us. I guess not today, but tomorrow. Maybe we will hear from today before they head for, uh, head for Athens. Right after a game, you're going to be emotional. Back to Razorback basketball in a bit. I want to talk some football. National championship game tonight in college. We talked a lot about that. We'll get back to Michigan and Washington. I'm going Huskies 27-24 in an upset. My guy Ty Schalter does his thing for the 538. Always been a good friend of ours in the mornings. Talking some pro football. And he hails from the great white north. I'm sure he's pulling for Michigan tonight like all of them are. How you doing, Ty? 
I'm doing great, JB. How are you? I'm doing well. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you're pulling for Michigan tonight, right? Well, I'm a Michigan State Spartan, third generation, so it's not quite as fun to drive. But, you know, I got a lot of Wolverine friends and family and whatever. So, you know, I, I guess I'd like to see them do it. Uh, but it's also going to be funny if they don't. Well, there you go. You came up with the angle there, the the angle that's going to uh, you know work the other way. Michigan State fans and Michigan fans, it's like cats and dogs, right? You guys aren't parking cars together and hanging out at a game. No. So the, I was dead wrong the way I said everyone in Michigan's rooted for me. Now, not the Michigan State fans. What the heck happened to y'all this year? Who's your coach now? That Mel Tucker thing was bad. That was a little Bobby Petrino-esque, wasn't it? That was like Arkansas there. That was bad. Yeah, that was brutal, brutal. And uh, we thought we had a guy who got the program and, and had some integrity and could recruit and got people excited. And and then boom, 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 just terrible. And, and it's like the fourth or fifth black eye in a row for the program, for the university. Um, you know, it's kind of like, man, can we, can we stop sexually assaulting people? But just like, this is a real low bar to get over. Right. And she, you know, that gal, too, had come and spoken to Arkansas and a lot of schools and just uh, probably whether it was, you know, whatever. Just I, I'm surprised that the coach put himself in that spot. But it is what it is. Enough of Michigan yeah. State's woes and Arkansas's woes. Before we get to the NFL, I got to get a, an objective pick out of my you know sports journalist friend here, Ty Schalter, the 538. You can follow him on the tweets at Ty Schalter. Who wins the game tonight, do you think? Michigan or Washington? Yeah, Michigan's got the team of destiny look to me. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's trying to get a job in the NFL. Uh, you know, Penix can sling it, but I do think it's going to go Michigan's way at the end of it. Yeah, so do I, unfortunately. All right, we'll see what happens. Let's get to your beat. NFL, last week of the season, comes and goes. And I know the whole idea of expanding the schedule and more money and all that. I mean, the season's already long. It's a brutal sport. And now you're, uh, you know, you got all kinds of teams doing the NBA thing, right? Rest in players left and right. Kind of a lackluster final week of the season, Ty. Yeah, lackluster final week of the season. Some of the division matchups you would love to see normally ended up being the ones that didn't matter or or did matter but weren't great games. And then, yeah, some guys picked out Knox and other teams were, were starting starting back up there. And you know, actually, it's funny because it's sort of exposed to the lack of depth, right? There's not that many guys to sit. It's not like you can bring out. There's not a whole other second string that never gets to play. So true. You know, you would think there maybe would be more depth, but not, not really. And a lot of those games is very low scoring yesterday, including the AFC East de facto title game, which the Bills won. Um, we'll get to the playoff matchups here in a moment. That was probably the uh, the biggest one yesterday. But uh, ready for the playoffs. Who's your let's do end of the year stuff quick. MVP, coach of the year. Give me a couple of uh Ty Schalter end of the year awards and then we'll talk playoffs. For sure. I think Lamar is the obvious that he's just playing out of his mind. The Ravens are far and away the best team in the NFL. Coach the uh coach of the year might be biased, but that is Dan Campbell. You know, to go from where they were to where they are, turn the roster completely over in three years. You're not just sneaking in on a wild card you're clinching the division with weeks to spare um we'll see how far they go in in the playoffs but i think he's done an incredible job and and built a team that's easy to root for like those picks out of you there it's obviously going to be a bloody monday in the world of coaching firings uh ron rivera fired a few minutes ago by washington the falcons 
said sayonara uh, to Arthur Smith uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, Bill Belichick likely to retire with the Patriots. Any thoughts on that or more to come? Or just give me a thought on Bloody Monday quick, Ty. Yeah, Arthur Smith kind of sets the record for most people absolutely convinced he's misusing his talent. You know, there's a lot of questions. Every, every NFL coach gets questioned, but everyone's watching that going like, you got B. John Robinson, you got Kyle Pitts, why are you feeding Johnny Smith? Like, oh, you are just not setting these guys up to succeed. Desmond Ritter is not the guy. Like, how are you not managing this team better? Fair take there. And then what about Washington? I always thought Ron Rivera kept them in the fight despite all the ineptitude swirling around that franchise on and off the field. I feel like he deserves a better deal. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get one more crack at it. Yeah, last year my podcast, I was saying, I wonder how many games Ron Rivera could lose with Washington while I still believe he's a good head coach. And I still believe somewhere in there is a good head coach, but it's not going to work in Washington with him. They have to have a change of scenery. Yeah, it's, it's, it's done there. I don't have a quarterback either. Are the Bears going to move on? That's true. Justin, and it, right? Are the Bears going to move on from Justin Fields? I think they get the number one pick from Carolina, right? Yeah, you got to be real sure about Justin Fields, or you got to be real sure about the guy you take. It's, it's a, it's almost a no-win situation because if you pass on Peyton Manning, if you pass on a guy who's going to be a franchise maker for 20 years, that's inexcusable. Yeah. But also, if you've got a difference-making quarterback, you know, maybe he's not Peyton Manning, but he's going to be a top five, top 10 guy for the next 10 years. He's going to win some games, some big plays, and then you get a rookie and he's Jake Locker then, you know, it's just as bad. So I agree. They've done their due diligence. They've been watching all year. Like Fields, I liked him come out of uh, college. I thought he was underdrafted. You know, I think there's a lot of reason to think you get a bunch of talent, maybe even trade down a little bit, get three, four, five difference makers in the first couple rounds and just reload and go. It's a good take out of you on Fields. I tend to agree. He hasn't been consistent, but that whole team isn't consistent. His upside is still... He's one of the better 10, 12 quarterbacks in the league when he's going good. His versatility, he's a true dual threat yeah. kind of guy, you know? So and that coordinator's not getting anywhere near enough out of him. Luke no. Getsy making just bizarre no. decisions. Because no. I sat all over in the first few weeks of the year, like, Fields isn't great at the dink and duck stuff. So let's just make the whole playbook dink and duck stuff. Like, what? How is that the decision? Well, you know what? As, as we talk right now, I'm taking a look at it. They also have the number nine pick in the draft. So. I mean, yeah. you, you could beef up the offensive line. You could get him another weapon alongside DJ Moore. There are things you could do. I'm with you. That would probably make Fields, if he could stay healthy, look pretty good next year. It'll be an interesting offseason for the Bears. All right, to Wild Card Weekend, Ty Schalter put in some great work with us on a Monday. Great friend of the show. It's the real NWAJB doing it 90 minutes live on the daily. And then, of course, you got your people's postgame action after every Razorback football, basketball, and baseball game on Saturdays all year long. All right, to uh, Wild Card Weekend. Let's let's do it as we see it here, and we'll go in order chronologically. You got Saturday, Sunday, and then you got the Monday night one. So Saturday, two games. First one up, 3.30 Central, NBC. Cleveland at Houston, and then Saturday night on Peacock, you got, which is NBC-affiliated uh, app, Miami at Kansas City. So Houston home for Cleveland, 
Kansas City home from Miami. Give me a prediction, a thought on each of those two Saturday games, Ty. Yeah, Cleveland-Houston might be the most fun game to watch at the end of this. Joe Flacco and CJ Slaub winging it, you know, tremendous. Um, I think Flacco is an incredible story. I think Cleveland is rallying behind that team. Obviously, it's not going to be at Cleveland. Um, Houston's rallying around their team as well. Cleveland's just a little bit older, a little bit more experienced in some of this. I think they're going to be able to pull that one out. But Houston fans are going to be just absolutely partying uh, how far ahead of schedule they are. They've got a coach. They've got a quarterback. they got a fun team. And then Miami, I've been driving the Miami train for two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City isn't as dominant as they have been. And they're also talking about maybe this is the last year for Andy Reid. You never count out Mahomes. I'm going to take Miami. I'm not going to feel great about it. Hard to see them going into Arrowhead and winning. And yet, you know, Kansas City has been so up and down all year. So I guess anything is possible in that game. Those are two tough games to pick on Saturday. Almost coin flips, you know, almost coin flips. Yeah, and the short rest doesn't help Miami. They've got a couple banged up skilled players. Agreed. All right, to Sunday we go. Triple header Sunday. Steelers at Bills, number seven at number two. Have the Bills all the way up to the two seed. Crazy. Uh, noon, the first one. Steelers at Bills. Steelers slipping in through the back door on CBS. 3.30 on Sunday. It's Packers at Cowboys. You know, we got a ton of Cowboys fans listening to this one as well as the Chiefs fans mixed in, Ty. And then the la- that's on Fox. And then the Sunday nightcap back to NBC. Rams at Lions. So Bills home Steelers. Cowboys home Pack. Lions home Rance. Quit thought on the on the Sunday triple head yeah. tie. Yeah. Should be Bills in a lock. Number three in weighted DVOA. They should be able to handle that. But I mean, hey, you never know with Josh Allen either. That's got to be Buffalo, I think. Cowboys, same thing. They're at home. Uh, the Packers are dangerous, but not that dangerous. They should be able to dominate the line of scrimmage, especially on offense. If they don't win, something went wrong. And I think they need to look very hard at whose fault it is that that went wrong. Then, oh man, Sunday night. This is, I told you, JB, I think a few weeks ago, this is the matchup that no Lions fan wants and every writer wants. Matthew Stafford coming back to Ford Field to face Jared Goff in the playoff. The guys that got traded for each other. Incredible storyline. You know, wipe off the names on the backs of the jerseys. Lions are a better team. They're a more consistent team. They're better on both trenches. They're healthier. You know, even losing Sam Laporta, they got back CJ Gardner Johnson in limited snaps. You got a pick. Uh, Lee McNeil comes back. I might get James Houston, their situational pass rusher back. Uh, so I think the Lions have everything going their way. But history and the narrative scares the crap out of anyone who wants to see the Lions win. Stafford versus his old boys. That's probably the best game at least matchup, I think that are Dolphins Chiefs, but Rams Lions a fast inning matchup on paper. All right, real quick, last but not least, I'm sorry if I kept you too long time. Monday night we get Eagles and Bucks in a four or five matchup. Philly has just free fallen off a cliff here. Tampa with that Baker Mayfield resurgence story. ABC ESPN Monday night at seven. Give me a final thought on Bucks and Eagles, Ty. Yeah, absolute shambles from Philadelphia lately. I thought they were overperforming in terms of wins losses for much of the year, but I didn't think they would fall this far. I I think they need a reset. I don't know if they're going to get it. 
I also don't think Baker Mayfield is playing well enough. I don't think the Bucs are talented enough to win this game. I think Philly finds a way, but I don't think they have any legs past this round. I'm with you on most of your picks. Uh, we'll, we'll work through these games and the spreads and all the rest of it like a bunch of degenerates tie on the show all week long. But I kind of like where your head's at to start the week. A nice run through of these six matchups on Wild Card Weekend coming up here in the NFL Saturday, Sunday, and then a Monday night playoff game, which should be a lot of fun. Niners and Ravens getting to freshen up with the bye, just one bye in each conference. And we'll talk some more postseason with Ty, I'm sure, here in a couple of weeks as we get deeper into it. You are a rock star, and not just in my book. From the 538, bright and early, crushing some pro football talk at Ty Schalter on the tweets or the X or whatever they call it. Ty, happy new year to you, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? Great stuff today, buddy. Absolutely, JB. Anytime. All right, man. He ripped it up. We need to take a break. We'll do that right now when we come back. After a top of the hour step aside, Bobby Swafford talking some Razorbacks. Arkansas trying to recover from a very troubling performance, to say the least, at Bud Walton Arena, the worst one ever, on Saturday afternoon. Long way to go. It's the real NWAJB. We're right back. 